This is this guy's name is in the credits of this movie. <laughs> That's right. His name is in the credits. Out of the f- Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins. Joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hey, that's me. That is you. Hey! <laughs> uh, from music video since Barrett Share. Hi, everybody! And nobody else is on this podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, just yeah, if I can't see them, they're not here. <laughs> uh, I can see them. No, uh, we have today a very special guest. Uh, the storyboard artist on this very mini pod, mini pod, mini pod of Deadpool Two. It's Jeremy Simser, everybody. Yay! Jeremy Hello. Simser is here. He's been Hello. on the podcast before, but I don't think we've ever had him in this capacity. No, nope. this is this guy's name is in the credits of this movie. <laughs> That's right. His name is in the credits. Out of the four of us, one of us has. That's right. Name in the credits. Like, That's I can, correct. I mean, if you grow up loving movies, right? If you ever become a movie lover like us. That's a dream, isn't mm-hmm. it? To mm-hmm. see your own name in the credits. And this motherfucker just, de- I mean, it's not his first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But on a movie like this, like the highest worldwide grossing R-rated movie opening weekend ever, I think. It just barely missed. Now, if it has a, I think it has a chance in like when they get the actuals. Okay. To still beat the original Deadpool's opening. But the estimates say it's just underneath. Okay. Well, still. Yeah. <laughs> potato, <laughs> potato. Right, right. How does that feel, dude? Uh, it feels it feels great. It, it Like, I'm really... This is easily... Uh, well, maybe the Game of Thrones that I did, because that's pretty great, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is, like, easily, like, movie-wise, anyways, the, 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 the best thing for me that I've ever worked on. Just, like, I'm really proud of, of the work that I did on this movie and that it's so successful. And everybody really seems to love it so far and that's you know, that's uh that's great except for those three critics on rotten tomatoes that i went and checked them out to see who they were and i sent them angry messages and <laughs> i have a sneaking suspicion a couple people in this room a sneaking suspicion that two people in this room hate this movie no i don't well maybe i got some bad information <laughs> maybe so we'll talk about it i don't later. know i don't know all right so let's just get into it well, general <laughs> impressions let's spoiler free for now what did you guys think um so I, I'm going to say that I liked this movie. Mm-hmm. I I I didn't quite like how this movie got the ending. Seems a real like seems like a drag to me mm-hmm. a little bit. It's trying to stretch out a joke, and it's just like you know, yeah. come on. Uh, but uh, I feel like this is a movie that I'm going to appreciate more over the years. Like I will don't think it'll ever be as good as the first Deadpool. But I do think it's going to be one of those that I'm just going to. It may watch it more. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I one of those. Totally type of agree with you. Yeah. I think I. I think I said on Twitter. I don't think it's better than the first Deadpool, but I think I liked it more. I think I enjoyed it more. And there's definitely more laughs for me. That is that is my exact opinion. I really like this movie. I think it's funnier than the original. I don't think it's as good of a movie overall, but it's definitely funnier, and I laughed harder at it. And like you said, I had. I had a better time. Yeah, I definitely got bad information. Um, yeah. so. But it's all right. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Jeremy, what did you think? Uh, I had a really great time. I, it was it was fun. Yeah. I, uh, I I came at it from a different point of view, obviously, because I knew everything that was going to happen in it. Yeah. Uh, I came in spoiler filled, and um, 
Yeah. I still managed to be surprised a, a few times with some stuff that had changed since the last version of the script that I'd seen and stuff like that. So, uh, but from start to finish, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, it was two hours that felt like 90 minutes to me and, uh, laughing pretty much the whole time, uh, even at jokes that I knew were coming. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I was surprised how much I was laughing and it's not just, it's, this is that kind of rare laughter for me at least where I, it's sustained, mm-hmm. sustained giggling. Um, like again, we go into spoilers more later, but there's a cameo in this movie that I was giggling about for maybe off and on the entire rest of the movie. <laughs> I would just remember it and start giggling again. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's much in the first. The first Deadpool is great. I think it's a more cohesive film than this. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are there are issues here. Deadpool two is a is a flawed beast to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Spider Man Homecoming, it's so much fun when it's working that I'm going to be willing long term to overlook and ignore the flawed stuff, and even probably ultimately come to embrace it and find it endearing. Mm-hmm. I agree. <clears throat> uh, what else do we want to say? What, what what else stood out to you that's not spoilery that we can talk about? For me, it's the cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, we had talked a while ago about how. It may be that Deadpool as a franchise is going to be too reliant on his shtick and that it might get old after subsequent sequels and things like that. And we had talked about how if you like kind of diversify that into the X-Force or or other characters or something like that, that's how you could get a viable franchise out Mm -hmm. of this. And I think they've started doing that. Obviously, it's Deadpool's movie. But uh, Domino, Zazie Beetz Mm -hmm. uh, is terrific in this. Mm -hmm. I think freaking loved cable i love josh brolin i loved his arc i know it could have been fleshed out a little bit more uh but i i dug it like from yeah. from the word go i obviously there's not a whole lot of negaton negatonic teenage negatonic warhead that one uh but i think it's fine the the doses that she's inserted in there and i think colossus uh did the same thing like he was in there just enough for me so, yeah, I think the ability to let him kind of breathe a little bit uh, really made this movie better. And I think that's how you set it up going forward. Well, and I agree. And and, and Reynolds has even hinted um, somewhat cryptically that they may not they may not there may not be a Deadpool three. Mm-hmm. I think what he means by that is that, uh, you know, this movie number two sort of sets up how they can best use him moving forward. I agree. He's not a character. I don't think that can carry movie after movie after movie and works best even in this film um, in small doses when he's more uh, commenting on things other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the parts of Deadpool 2 that don't work for me are when it's just him and he's yeah. carrying or trying to carry the story. Um, it coincides with the moments the movie is trying to be more serious, um, something I wish it would do less of. Uh, but. Yeah, he's going to work best with a with an ensemble around him, and they have set the stage perfectly. Uh, I thought all the newcomers were great, mm-hmm. all the way down to the kid. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought everyone was a breath of fresh air. So um, I, it's I, funny that you say that though, because I I actually found that with the first one too that when it was him talking, just sort of carrying it by himself, and and every now and again breaking the fourth wall to us, it was fine and it was good. But when he was with Dopinder or with mm-hmm. Blind Al, that's when that movie like really felt like it had some structure and some and some heart behind it. Yep. Yeah. So I think that again, adding these new characters and and per, again, like you say, like I mean, Zazie Beats, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cable is is was great. Josh Brolin really played that great. He's carved uh, out of stone, by the way. Oh yeah. man, crazy, right? 
Yeah. Man, I wouldn't want to I saw that in person at one point. I was like, what? Really? <laughs> Is this what you look like after your workouts, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah, we ended up training together a little bit. It was, you know, it's all right. No, yeah, yeah. By the way, um, uh by the way, Jeremy, and on, on a movie like this, do you storyboard everything or just a few sequences? We this this movie we pretty much boarded everything. Now there were five of us uh on this movie, which mm-hmm. is a which is a rare thing, even for uh, well, I guess for a feature this big, it's pretty standard, I suppose. But I mean, it's it's the most I've uh, well, I mean, I worked on Jumper where there was eight of us, but I I think I also might have told you at one point that I spent six weeks pretty much just watching movies on that show, so I don't really count that right. one. <laughs> but uh, it was a weird one. Yeah. But uh, uh, but on this one there were five of us, and we were we were working all all in the same room together, and we we from beginning to end storyboarded this movie, and we did different versions of each scene too, oh, so awesome. it was a really collaborative and creative process in that sense. Uh, so yeah, there was a lot of stuff, uh, that I drew, uh, with my own hand that, uh, that I literally then watched on screen. It was crazy. It was good. Awesome. Yeah. That's I know about so one gratifying. specific thing that I can't wait till spoiler section <laughs> so he can tell you the story. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's gotta be a really rewarding experience to work creatively on something and then see, cause I know just because you've told us and because it's just the law of averages that sometimes you storyboard for a movie and then you watch it and it turns out shit and there's very little you can do about that you're only one part of the the whole process you're an important part Uh, but it's got to be really gratifying to see you know such a big project for you and then you know such a high success rate in the final product and what you guys were all going for it totally is especially because like i mean you know i'm I'm a working storyboard artist so i obviously do a lot of jobs that i don't have any emotional investment in uh, you know, you need a couple of days of storyboards. I'll go and do it. Sure. Yeah. It's, I'm good at it. It's what I do. Uh, and then I do, do a lot of these TV shows like the flash and Supergirl and stuff where it's like, I'm emotionally invested in those shows because I like the characters. I've read, I've read them in comics and stuff like that. Uh, but again, it's not quite the same from a work standpoint, because the reason that I feel really emotionally attached to the flash is because of the people in the office. I've been working with him for three years now. So mm-hmm. it's like that, that feels a little bit like home, right? Yeah. Uh, the work itself honestly gets a little repetitive uh we get a little we get budget constraints we do i do these huge sequences pie in the sky versions of what we're hopefully going to get that end up being like a third of what actually ends up on screen on tv it's nice to work on a movie that actually has a budget and and when the planning goes into to what we're what they're going to shoot it happens at our level so we're actually forming uh the budget almost as we're storyboarding in that sense so what we do ends up on screen uh, obviously some things get trimmed in the editing and stuff like that. Some stuff works, some stuff doesn't just like in every other movie. But yeah, so in this, in a situation like this, from beginning to end, you're really more likely to see as a storyboard artist, what you're doing, ending up in the final product. And that is very, very satisfying. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. that is awesome. Mm-hmm. We oh got to start God. spoiling this shit. We, we're going to spoil the shit out of this. <laughs> Before we do <laughs> that, do we give it a, let's give our grades here. All right. I'm going to give it probably a, a solid B plus. And I realized today that only like 10% of movies get outside of a B range for me. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. either going to be between a B minus and a B plus because it takes a lot to make me hate you and it takes a lot to make me adore you. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed this, but it's only like two half letter grades off what I'm get, what I gave Infinity War, which I, <laughs> I said I like but didn't love. Mm-hmm. Um, there are problems here. I can't wait to discuss some of those, but thumbs up. I think you would enjoy it, especially if you like the first one. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go the same route with the B plus. I really wanted to make it an A minus, and probably walking out of the theater, I would have told you A minus uh, because I had such a good time. But then when you think about those issues that we'll get into, uh, where where they use, and this is not a spoiler, well, where they'll use 
the meta narrative as an excuse mm-hmm. for some of the plot points, mm. that kind of keeps it from going into the A territory yep. for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll give this a solid B. I, I, like I said, the sort of the beginning and end of this movie sort of drag for me. But like in between, there's so many funny things that happen. And like I said, I think this is just going to be one of my movies that I'm going to have on a lot yeah. in the future. Yeah. I don't have very I don't have very many of those these days. Mm. A lot of those are still, you know, old movies from the 90s, old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> to quote Spider-Man. Um, but uh but yeah, I I um I I really enjoyed this and I I think if you like that first Deadpool, you're going to like this one. Yeah. You're going to subconsciously, of course, compare it to the first Deadpool. And I don't think the first Deadpool just destroys this one by any means. No, no, no. But it's it's you know, you're going to be like, well, not as good, but it doesn't have to be as good mm-hmm. for you to enjoy it. It's it's a good movie. Yep. Yeah. Jeremy? Uh solid A plus. All nice. Right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I have a lot more emotional attachment to it as well and I also have a lot of free shit. So yeah. I have yeah. like, like a cool of water course. bottle and I got a couple of sweatshirts. So, I mean, they, they put it over the top. For me. I mean, but, who knows? If Ryan Reynolds agreed to do a CinemaSins, we might give this an A+. <laughs> hey, there you go. Right? Yeah. So, you know, that's the way that goes. Um, I, I do want to work on X-Force. So, you know. I'm there you go. Sure there you go. go. Yes. A+. Plus. A+. Plus. Uh, I love let, it. Let's go on into the spoiler uh, section of this. No spoilers! Kaiser Miss Luke's what? father is actually Darth Vader. She's the sister and the daughter. They just no, 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 no. I'm reading the books. Spoiler. No spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> I love that poll. Um, this was a this was a funny movie, but for the first twelve minutes, I was really worried. Mm-hmm. The way this movie opens basically confirmed my fears i'd shared on the podcast that how many movies can him breaking the fourth wall and being violent and funny really work and somebody some somewhere down the road is going to argue that this movie has done this on purpose to sort of subvert you and further set up what it's about to do um i just feel like they had to do something to kickstart the action and i don't really care about his girlfriend uh, I don't really care about all those missions he's on in the beginning. They're very montage mm-hmm. Um But then once the kid shows up, yeah, or basically, arguably, once Deadpool ends up at the X-Men mansion, yeah, 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 everything from there to the climax just sings mm-hmm. for me. Um, I was digging all of it. I was digging him in the in the tiny yellow t-shirt. <laughs> That's so I was yeah. digging the decision he makes in that scene uh-huh. to shoot the fucker. <laughs> I was digging the way everybody reacts to that. <laughs> that first prison fight with Cable is amazing and yeah. brutal. Everything with the X-Force from the recruiting to their execution Literally, <laughs> literally, <laughs> is fucking awesome. Um, I, I just my my main take of I don't want to just say everything and right. leave nothing for you guys to talk about. But my single favorite thing was how they showed us Domino's luck power. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was great. And the way that they did it under the 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 voice of Deadpool, deriding it as not very cinematic <laughs> sounding. But this is why this is why the Venom trailer excited me was it was showing me action in a way that I had never been shown action and it's the same here with her it's almost like 
Final Destination movies yeah. mm-hmm. meets, um, you know, something, some kind of like Star Wars force powers or something. But that, that I, I was just giggling and yeah. chuckling all the way through that entire sequence. Well, that's the that's the takeaway I had from this was the Zazzy Beats character. The uh, just when you're making a movie that is self-aware and you put in a character where that becomes its its dri- its driving force that you know that we're subverting the genre so on and so forth uh we're gonna make a character whose main power is luck yeah. <laughs> as is a brilliant masterstroke because uh it's one of those type of things where um we're yeah if we had just if she was just a regular badass and just was lucky we'd be like okay that's that's what happens in movies yeah. or whatever but to to focus on that yeah. as their power was she's very so casual about yeah, it too. Exactly. She's just like, yeah, this is going to work. She's walking out. through the street while cars are exploding. <laughs> Everybody and is dead in that scene, by yeah, the way, except exactly. for her. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's and what's great because it's like an active luck, right? Like, yeah, it's not yeah. just, oh, I'm lucky. It's like she's sort of like low key using this luck and she knows that it's going to work. Well, there's that one moment too where she's on her back on the ground and she fires the gun kind of just knowing one of these bullets is going to hit the thing I need it to hit so that it'll let the other thing come down here and the thing will happen. So yeah, I think it's a very active look. Uh, and I yeah. love the way they've found to visually show us that. Yeah. I just, it was thrilling to me. You had something to add to that? Oh, just uh, uh, that it was actually like when I unfortunately didn't uh, work on any of that stuff, though, but the guy sitting right beside me didn't. He worked on that sequence for uh, about two weeks. Wow. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> just that one sort of Rube Goldberg-esque kind of when she first lands. And it was <laughs> and he tried out so many different things until finally landing on it on, on, the, on the way that it was going to work. And, and the whole the whole uh sort of uh, thing that he was given to work by was that this is not something that's just happening. It's stuff that's happening to the next thing and then to the next thing yeah. and then to the next thing. So <laughs> yeah. that it all works out properly. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that whole sequence is great because they've, they've built up this whole X force the yeah. whole time. Like they have tryouts. It's like, run me a mystery man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, they have tryouts and all that. And there's people who seem to have like legit powers in here. And uh, and then and then proceeds to just murder them all. <laughs> it's so great once the first one happens, and there yes, which is I guess Terry Crews is the first one yeah, to bite it, so. right? And then you're like, they're they're not they're gonna they're gonna do this, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, and, like, and, and he's the up on the billboard shot stuff specifically for the trailers, right? Oh yeah, 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 action that the, never happens in the movie. The great right. part is that they've they've put. Deadpool up on this this billboard where he can see everything and narrate as it's happening and it's yeah. just genius yeah. man and it's like oh oh yeah the vomit acid <laughs> and leading to an extremely well executed joke with this vanisher character oh yeah, yeah. because we're not certain the vanisher is even a thing yeah. like until the parachute gets yep. thrown off <laughs> yep. and like uh and then and then i wasn't even thinking like it was supposed to be played by anybody right but then for him to get shocked and see brad pitt's face <laughs> just flash up on the screen is uh is j- it was just beautiful it was so beautiful it was. It was uh, just like that X-Men cameo at the mansion, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is the one I was talking about that had me giggling for 30 years. Oh, yeah, years. that was great. Because Deadpool's in the middle of doing the same jokes he was doing in the first movie about how 
We didn't have the budget to, it's always just you, there's no real X-Men around. And you're sitting there in the audience going, you have way more budget this time. You cannot get away with these jokes. And, of course, behind him, and he doesn't see, is a room with all the X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> they're uh, all plotting. <laughs> they're all like Sophie Turner's in there, I think. Yeah. And, uh, James McAvoy. James McAvoy, the guy that plays Beast, yeah. is in full Beast get yeah. up. <laughs> and I read about how they did this. Of course, they were shooting the next X-Men movie at the same time as this, and the director just worked, I guess, the... The writer of one is working on the other one or something. Mm. Um, or no, I think it's Kinberg is producing Deadpool 2, but was the writer director of the next X-Men or something like that. Right. Um, and so they were able to cobble this one shot on one set and send it over to the other movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just works so brilliantly. It's a payoff that, I mean, if I almost think this movie would suffer seriously if there wasn't something like that in there. Yes. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I, I was giggling for a long ass time. I may not even know fully exactly how we got from there to the kid uh, yeah. because I was giggling so hard about that. Yeah. The other big scene, and I don't know how this plays because I was talking to Aaron Dicer about this and it played completely different from him or for him. The the, the baby leg scene. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking murdered me. Murdered yeah. me. Murdered me. Yeah. I could not. I was fucking like turning over. Yeah, because I was, it was so funny. And I was, I like, was crying. Uh, Jeremy, tell me somebody drew baby penis. <laughs> somebody tell me. Tell me somebody had that job. An extremely talented storyboard artist by the name of Marcus Endine drew 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 the uh, the baby leg sequence. And yes, he did in fact have to. Oh, awesome. So fantastic. Here's the deal. The sequence works on so many different levels, and it's almost like Inception. With the different levels deep, <laughs> yeah. because this this sequence would work if you never showed us anything. Yes, mm-hmm. the way all the other characters react to it, I thought at first they're not going to show us. Yeah. Then they show you, and it's hilarious <laughs> and uncomfortable all at the same time. <laughs> but you think, okay, at least we're not going to see it. Mm-hmm. Then they show you it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then he gets up and fucking walks. <laughs> now, I totally get the people who side like Dicer on this, who yeah. felt like like Dicer's opinion, let's just out him, was that this was this was the same joke as the tiny hand in the first movie. Yeah. And I, I get that. I, my perspective, the way I interpreted it was, yes, it's the same joke, but it sort of elevated it for me. Yes. It took it. Now, now the next Deadpool movie, I don't think they can do any tiny recently cut off mm. limb jokes or they will have officially overdone it. But this was just different and new and crazier enough. Well, and the reason why it's slightly different is because of him getting up to walk. There is <laughs> yeah. physical comedy in this. Yes, there is. More than just visual gags. <laughs> and and uh, and so, yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree. I don't think there's I don't think there's anything else they can cut off at this point that would uh, you know that would make that funny uh, or original anymore. But I, the fact that they kept piling on and everything this this kept elevating because not only do all the people keep showing up and he's like, what is this house listed on Tinder or yeah. Grindr or something? Yeah. But then when he looks at Cable and he does the basic instinct thing, yeah. he keeps eye contact yeah. the entire time. Yeah. That's what slays me. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah. What's up? I, uh, I also agree with what Jeremy was saying earlier about the, uh, the uh, or it, was, it may be a new talking about the, the story arc of Cable and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. An- another, another sort of, uh, a great villain with a with a sort of um you know we we believe in his cause mm-hmm. and then sort of turns hero and and then we realize there's not really any villain in this other than the character that's playing i can't remember that character actor's name 
the guy who runs oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the home yeah, or the whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, that, that was an interesting take because there wasn't anybody in this that ended up like the main guys. None of them ended up being villains in this. No, I guess you could say that the juggernaut reveal is a villain, mm-hmm. but he's just a prisoner. I mean, he didn't feel very villainous to me as much as he was just, he was an obstacle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was just a guy to fight, right? Oh, it's yeah. Eddie Marson. Uh, yeah, it's Eddie Marson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's in like a ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah. By he's, the way, Ryan Reynolds guy. was the voice of Juggernaut. Yeah. Oh, really? I yeah. read about that after the fact. Yeah. Um, don't say that he didn't give 110% to this production. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know what? I have a feeling that he kind of does that on everything yeah. he's on. I mean, even though the movie might not be good or whatever, I always felt like he's always going for it in, yeah. in everything. You can watch even stuff like uh, Just Friends mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and he's amazing in those movies. So, Hey, he Jeremy. Really, he really has a hand in these, though. Like He's he's in on all the producer stuff and all the, all the, all the meetings, all the decision-making stuff. Really kind needs to go through him like he's these are really his his babies well and uh, he's like movies, the third really screenwriter kinda, it's basically amazing right to see, really because this is why we got them right it's yeah. because of him so but did he is he a co-writer on this yeah. didn't he help write this yeah he, he is he yeah is he did get a writing in fact he too, so. he ended up from what i read he ended up writing that uh is it the mid credits yeah it's the mid credits uh, sequence oh uh, where the, he goes the back time and, travel thing? Yeah, yeah yeah and uh the the reason that he gave was that I don't think anybody could make these jokes at the expense of me, except for me, because right. I can I can say Green Lantern sucked and you know all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but if somebody else wrote that for me, it'd be kind of weird. I, so. I read an interview with the writers, <laughs> and they were talking about the mid credit scene, and they had been discussing after they wrote it, like, did we just retcon the whole movie? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, any of, did any of that even happen? And, and they, they were did. Like, yes. And they were like, yeah, we did, but who cares? He's <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, exactly. And if there's a franchise that can get away with that without mm-hmm. pissing me off, because uh, I'm not going to complain in real life about his girlfriend being alive again at the yeah. end. Um, yeah. It's always, whenever, whenever something like this happens in a movie, I always think back to uh, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, where uh, Basil Exposition looks at Austin and says, it's best if you just don't think about it. And that goes for for you all too <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and i um we've talked a little bit online and and there, i may be wrong but i like the idea that he specifically went back and saved peter but none of the other experts <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now jeremy suggests maybe he did off camera and they could easily bring any of them back and just say that and they might but i like the idea that peter was the only one he really <laughs> thought was worth saving because that's a very deadpool <laughs> thing to do yeah jeremy tell him about the the storyboard scene where one of your ideas made it into the movie because that really tickled me oh yeah uh, okay, so there were a couple of things like the creative process on this on this uh, on this movie was great. We had uh, what we called uh, happy hour every day, where the director would come by and work and have a look at what we did. Uh, and so basically, we got what, what was called a beat sheet, which is like this has to happen, this has to happen, this has to happen. But as far as camera angles and stuff and how to get from A to B, a lot of that actually came from us, from the storyboard artists. So uh, there was um, I can't remember exactly how it was scripted, uh, but when uh, Deadpool gets uh, blasted by Firefist up into the into the the orphanage room where the kids eating the cereal, uh, <laughs> and then signs the thing and then goes back down. Uh, right at, immediately after that, he uh, he takes his sword and throws it, uh, and the blunt end hits him on the forehead and knocks him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm happy to say that that was my idea. Nice, so, oh, nice. There was a I can't remember how it was scripted exactly. I think like it was literally scripted as Deadpool rushes over and punches him. Or something, and I was just like, "Well, that's just 
that's not going to happen. So I just sort of came up with something <laughs> that I thought was a little bit cooler than that. And uh, and uh, apparently the director liked it too. I actually got a good laugh out of the director, out of David, when uh, uh, when he saw the boards for that. And it was really sort of gratifying to see it uh, end up in the movie. Now, I told him this, but that's cooler than seeing your name in the credits. Oh, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. To know that you <laughs> you had a creative idea that, that made it all the way to the final cut that – I'm sorry, everybody else that worked on this movie who's awesome. Jeremy's not going to say this, but you guys didn't think of it. Yeah. It got to him, and he thought of it. Yeah. And everybody beyond that thought, that's good. That's yeah. got to stay. And it stayed all the way. That's got to make you feel story, like. <laughs> every storyboard artist who worked on this had at least two of those. So that's good. Uh, and that whole opening sequence uh, was actually supposed to be a little bit bigger, actually, now they mentioned it. But that, all, that whole thing came out of, uh, came out of a storyboard artist named Will, uh, his, his brain. <clears throat> that one long extended shot of the of the drug kingpin guy running through the drug uh, oh, lab, nice. like yeah, that, yeah. killing everybody behind him, right out of that guy's brain. Like it was brilliant. That's looking awesome. at his boards and looking at the actual finished product on screen was just like, wow, this is exactly what it looked like. It was awesome. crazy. Well, let me mention the the funniest little throwaway joke. Uh, Deadpool calling Cable Thanos. Yeah. You know, I like that they went with something very simple there. Yes. And I bet you they wrestled with it for a while. <laughs> and ultimately, that's the only way you could get away with making that joke. Yeah. Right? yeah. Anything else is going to feel like you tried too hard. The references in this, man, I, I understand if people don't like them because they're, they are numerous. They they killed it for There's me. There's a guy with a Winter Soldier arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but there are some things that I did not like. I didn't like how... The meta narrative, I mentioned this in the non spoilers, where they'll say, like, oh, that's just lazy screenwriting, mm-hmm. and then go ahead and, and excuse that. Yeah. Or, like, big CG, CGI fight coming up, and then there it is. And it's like, yeah, I get that that's in there to, you know, divert or subvert um, your expectations, but it's still, I don't know if it excuses some of these things that, that don't really work. There are moments in this film where it feels more like an excuse than just a good joke. Mm hmm. And I think those those moments worked a little bit better, I think, when when they took it that little step further, like at, at the same at one point, he jumps out of a window and he's like, oh, I'm going to do a superhero landing. And then he does it and he hurts his knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just true. uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> it works better in that sort of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I agree. I also I think you might have hinted at this earlier, but uh, the extended death scene yeah. is is. Uh, is it a minute and a half too long? Yeah, it's it, right it, there. It's yeah. right there. It yeah. feels way. It feels longer than that. I think even if you want to make, if even if you want to make it twice, mm-hmm. like you do, yeah, you don't have to do it that long. Yeah, and I'm not quite sure how that happened. Did no one along the way go? God, maybe that's a little too long. Because mm-hmm. that just that almost pulled me out of the experience. Yeah, it did for me. I was, I was, I thought that. A couple of fake outs would have been fine, but he keeps doing it and yeah. doing it and doing it. And um, and so I was like, man, this is not the way to go. It also uh, exacerbates the problem that it may, one of the main problems I have with it. And I know this isn't maybe a problem for other people, but when they try to put in this whole dramatic arc about he him trying to get back with Marina Baccarin and all that and trying to, you know, he's trying to get back to her, or like kill himself, whatever. And there's all these real dramatic scenes about like i'm gonna get back with you and all that and then undercut with all this you know real parody and Mm -hmm. slapstick humor i know you have to have some sort of a grounding on these type of things but uh it does make me like not care very much Mm -hmm. about those type of things i think you had the grounding i think they could have gone the route of the kid 
being the, the yeah. thing that grounded the, the story without having to use the girlfriend again. Because yeah. the, the girlfriend was what grounded the first movie. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like retread again when she's sort of the grounding essence. But the kid was the humanizing thing. The kid is what pulls Deadpool around to have a heart. The kid is what makes Cable realize he's, you know, on the wrong. I mean, that that's right there. Mm-hmm. You're grounded. Yep. We don't we don't need the. The stuff that, <laughs> You're grounded. We don't need the stuff that ultimately didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've had that kind of issue with both movies where they have that that type of thing going on, where there's this like sudden like, okay, we're we are going to take this seriously for a minute, but then he's also a guy who understands that he's in a movie. Yeah. And he and he's he's quoting box office figures yeah. from Passion <laughs> of the Christ and stuff like that. That's great. And everything. And uh, and then then there's these these scenes where I'm supposed to take that seriously, and they, they always end up kind of going, uh, you know, I just kind of end up going, I don't care much mm-hmm. about this. Um, uh, but you know, it's not anything that really just takes it all the way down. Like to, I just can't watch this. Right. But, uh, yeah, those are those. So, so I think that there's supposed to be a, an argument for for Deadpool's uh, insanity. I think hmm. that the the process of in the first movie when he's in the tank and all that shit's being done to him, uh, I think it's supposed to have driven him insane. Hmm. So he's not actually, he's not actually talking to us. He just thinks he is. Hmm. So when you get, uh, the stuff with him and, uh, Marina Baccarin in this movie, I think it's meant to be like the best version of of himself where Hmm. he's less insane. Hmm. And I think that that's what they were sort of going for, whether it works or not. Right. Uh, is another is no another i could buy that though yeah yeah it's a it's an interesting theory but the at the in the at the end of the day you know it's i mean i, I like that idea it's just that i don't i don't think that was ever the intent it doesn't feel like it feels like to me that deadpool is talking to us he is aware yeah of it doesn't us. come across as that you know, right yeah. but I, I i i get also that you can't if you do have that theory and work is 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 working a working theory you can't really show him I guess you could. I guess you could show a joke where he's talking and somebody's like, who are you talking yeah, to? But, true, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, you would, ha- I don't know, you would have to like break a fifth wall yeah, or something yeah. to get to right. that point. Um, I did love when Juggernaut said, I'm going to rip you in half and then literally did it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two seconds later. Because any other movie would have a character say that line and then something entirely different happens. Yes, that's and true. And of course, they knew where they were going with that. <laughs> I'd be curious to know what the Deadpool lore is. I guess it's where, like, how does it decide which half grows back? Mm-hmm. Does it oh, another, yeah. does it top with the brain? Oh, okay. So it's tied to the brain. I think so. I see. Yeah. But, I mean, that brings up a, a, a couple of other things that I that were questionable. Juggernaut, I think looked, didn't look, didn't look great. Oh, yeah? And it was especially evident during that Colossus well, Juggernaut yeah. fight at the end, mm. even though, again, he's, he's advertising it. To me, there was a big disparity of how good Colossus looked and how not good Juggernaut looked. Well, I think um, up in the movie, up until then, I agree completely. And then once they start fighting, they both kind of looked a little sloppy to me. Mm. Um, and I think it's probably just ultimately that that same thing. You have a hard date to hit. We have a certain budgetary constraint. And this is the best we could get out of this right here. But there are moments of CG that work just fine mm-hmm. in, the, in the film. Um, so, you know, it's... But it's... it's we say this about every Marvel movie, don't we? There's at least one or two scenes where the CG just isn't quite mm-hmm. good enough to 
suspend your disbelief. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, I know they ended up they ended up reworking the Colossus model on this one, and and you can tell. I think it looks a lot better than it did in the first one. Yeah, it looks uh, good. But again, I mean, this this movie did not have anything near Infinity War money, so we're not going to. No, no, <laughs> we're not going to get the type of the type of visuals that you're going to get in something like that. But. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I see you're, yeah. What other, uh, what other thoughts did you have, likes or dislikes, Jeremy? Um, you're our guest. I want to make sure you get your heart clean before we're done. But I just really, like, I thought it was fun. My, my, my biggest takeaway from it, and this was partially working, uh, so closely with David Leach, the director on it, was that I thought the action was just at a different level from mm-hmm. the first one. Uh, everything was just, uh, like these set pieces were just well, really well thought out. That the hand to hand stuff was, was better. Uh, just stronger uh, on every level. So while being super funny, also uh, ended up being a, like a really good action movie, I thought. And well shot, well cut, which I thought was good too, because you know how movies are cut to shit these days. You, oh, you yeah. guys know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so that, I thought that was a real standout. I thought the action was pretty was pretty solid. I, on the IMDb, he's he's listed as an uncredited director on John Wick. I know he was a producer on it. It's like a co-director, I think. Yeah. Did is there something that he brought to like? You, know, you may not even know or even care to elaborate, but is there some is there something on John Wick that he did that that is particularly him? Well, he was, I believe, is my understanding of what he did on John Wick was because, I mean, that movie is essentially 80 percent action (laughs) uh, that his his co-director credit is based on the fact that he essentially was in charge of all of the action in that movie. Yeah. And it's some uh, of the best that you're going to see in a while, too. So, yeah, essentially, that's that's it. So he got a co-director credit simply for being so involved in 80% of that movie, which was the action. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. The opening credit for him on this movie is one of the two guys that killed John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, what do we think about TJ Miller, by the way? He's uh, fine. Did, did, do you think his character was reduced? I it looked like that they well, and we don't want to put you on the spot. I wouldn't be surprised if they cut out as much as they could. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's just say I think there's a there's I mean everything got cut down a little bit yeah. as you do in the editing process. Stuff gets lost, and I think that I don't think that he was in any more scenes than you saw him in. Okay. Those scenes, a couple of those scenes might have been longer. I think the one where he was. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I think the one where he was like captured by Thanos and, and quote-unquote being tortured to give the information might have been a little bit longer. You, but, you mean I Cable, mean, not, right? Not <laughs> you called Cable Thanos. <clears throat> um, Wait, did I? Yeah. You did. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say about that? <laughs> Understandable, though. Yeah. It's been you know two weeks removed from each other since exactly. I saw him in one and then the other. The, At least the, I didn't call him his character's name in that firefighter movie. Though. Yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> the T.J. The, the Miller stuff just wasn't – like the stuff that he is in – just wasn't really funny. Like it, there wasn't really anything of besides at the bar. Like you're urinating right now, you know that. Kind yeah, of thing. but he doesn't look interested know. to be there, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was just kind maybe. of the same old thing for him, really. I mean, I'm going to say funny things uh, yeah. in response to what you say, and there's not really much more to that character, anyways, yeah. right? So I did read online. I did not spot this myself, but in the one of the shots where they show TV news in the background, the ticker on the bottom says. Um, <laughs> The actor we joked Did about. You, oh, Christopher Plummer? Christopher Plummer turned down, turns down role in Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, <laughs> I got I'm, I'm pretty sure that means nothing in terms of that they ever had a conversation. Yeah. I think it's just the best nod they could do. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, great. Um, 
And so I want to have a look for that the next time oh I see God. it. I just I know because we were talking about it privately, and like I think like the the funniest thing that could have happened would have been, and I don't think that T.J. Miller would have been game for this, but for him to have started a scene and then to have somebody else come in and kind of gently push him off, <laughs> oh and yeah, go on just as the same character. That would have been beautiful. Yeah, would have been sweet. <laughs> I wish there was a little bit more Negasonic Teenage Warhead in this. Yeah. Uh, there, there's more than uh, than in the last version of the script that I saw. Oh, really? She and, uh, she and Yukio were not in the final scene, uh, the uh, in the way that we storyboarded it. Oh, really? Yeah, and I really like the addition of her girlfriend Yukio. Oh, it's <laughs> hilarious because yeah. it's very. It's from my experience, it's very Japanese. Of like, hi, yeah, hi, bye, bye, Wade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, bye, Yukio. Well, they have that. that that's what that was. What's where the fun comes from is that. You know, Deadpool and and Negasonic Teenage Warhead hate each other, or or at least yeah, yeah, you know yeah. don't like each other or whatever. But Lee loves her girlfriend, <laughs> and they have this like great back and forth going on this whole time. Uh, love that. Uh, but I guess you know when you have a character that powerful, you can't really just have her get inserted into a lot of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Because she could easily end a nearly every battle that right. that she could be thrown into. I could have done with a little less dope in her. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I kind of liked him. I thought that I don't know how he goes from cab driver to butler. Because he basically is just in he's, the background. He's trying to move up, right? Well, yes, and that's questionable in and of itself. But he did. He did either attempt to murder a guy in the first movie, or at least tie him up well, in his I trunk. Do, I, <laughs> I mean, they, they. I do. I think that's a, a pretty reasonable uh, step up too, because. In the first movie, they're they're sort of throwing that in as a joke, like, "Oh my God, I can't believe this sweet guy would do this type of thing." Right. But then I, it, there, there looked like a real, uh, like you can almost see the writer's brains moving on that one. Like this guy tied a guy up in his trunk. <laughs> this is he's going to be a little bit uh, affected by that. And uh, and I like his sort of his take charge. Want yeah. to do stuff, and of course he's still Dopender though, yeah. because so I don't know. I I really liked his the way they were doing his character. Is that Jeremy? Do you know is that a is that a character from the comics or is that a movie invention? Dopender. I actually have no idea. Oh, okay. I, I I I'll be honest. I don't. Uh, I haven't read a lot of Deadpool comics, so I, I think like, it was probably a movie invention. But yeah, I don't it really seems know. like it could go either way, and I would believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that just stood out to me, and I thought I it felt to me like maybe they gave some extra stuff to him mm-hmm. as one of the ways to give less to tj miller yeah, yeah could be maybe yeah I don't know. yeah what else oh I, I mean i don't know if that's pretty else. i mean i could go yeah. into little things like the the deadpool calling cable racist in different ways and him trying oh, to like just so like, funny. All that yeah, stuff. yeah 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 all that's like little things i i totally agree with both of you that in subsequent viewings i am almost definitely going to like this even more well i know there's i know for a fact there's three or four things that people were laughing at in that movie that i missed yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like i'm just sitting there watching it and suddenly ha, 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 i was like what what <laughs> what happened <laughs> there's so much there's so much layering in these things uh that even in the first deadpool well i'll watch it tomorrow and i'll probably get something that i didn't get the first few sure. times that i watched it. Sure. Yeah. this i think has even more of that stuff and it, it's just my it's right in my wheelhouse man yeah i love it i loved it i would recommend it especially if you like the first one mm-hmm. um especially if you think ryan reynolds is great as the character um i don't know what would the people i'm interested in and they are out there are the people who love the first one and don't like this one mm-hmm. and i'm curious to know the journey that got them there uh because this was just more of what i like from the first only better hey, uh, and i and i think the people who really don't like this just need some distance and yeah. once they see it sort of without the expectation i think they'll grow to it there's 
I see this with like seasons of TV shows sometimes. Mm. People are like, this season is awful. And then uh, the next season will come along and the next season and so on and so forth. It gets to like five or six. And then if you go back and watch those seasons, you're like, I don't remember what everybody hated about the second (laughs) season. So, I mean, it looks, it's exactly like the show we always loved and everything. And I feel like the same thing with movies like this. Mm -hmm. You're talking, you're talking about Game of Thrones, aren't you? Oh, of course. I'm talking about Game of Thrones. (laughs) Game of Thrones almost, almost, uh, season two almost made me give up on the show. Oh, yeah. Season three picked up and it was really great. And I went back and watched season two again. It's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah. It's exactly like that. I don't, I don't know. So people sometimes just are too quick to judge on on something mm-hmm. and and that's what happens we talked about this with the maltons and yeah. everything you have to flash fry a review essentially yeah. right after you've seen it and you know it's like well that was my uh, sort of my initial thought of it and then you watch it again and then you can get really solidify your view on it after after some time mm-hmm. so. uh well i think that'll do it i think yeah. that's uh that was uh, that's our review we all liked it yes especially the guy who was the storyboard artist yeah on it. he was yeah. awesome who, you know who, 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 who arguably had the most at stake here yeah, exactly <laughs> now if he had come out and said this was a piece of shit that would have been news that would have been some serious news well i'm just glad that i ended up liking it because like i said like working on it was such a positive experience like i loved going into work every day Hmm. The guys in the office, the other storyboard artists were just fantastic. We bumped creative ideas off each other's all day long. It was really fantastic. The, and then, like I said, happy hour every day at five o'clock when David would come in. He even gave us enga- uh, engraved uh, etched glasses. Oh, uh, nice. Each one of us got a little uh, glass that said Deadpool 2, uh, happy hour with David Leach storyboards oh. on this. Oh, <laughs> so that was cool. Um, but so to have the final movie be that sort of end sort of icing on the cake really really satisfying one day we're gonna have to get a crew to come in and shoot you know and shoot footage of you guys working or something like that make some like you know documentary about Mm -hmm. you know you working on a a movie like that and everything i think that would be fun if uh if um if x-force uh is a go which i i mean we know it's happening uh, I actually interviewed with uh, Drew Goddard, who's directing X Force, oh, yeah. uh, for a different movie uh, late last year. Uh, so he, so he and I have spoken, and I expressed to him my interest in doing X Force. So I mean, hopefully, when that comes up, I'll be, I'll be on board. Uh, you know, working on Deadpool two obviously uh, helps in that favor as well. Uh, but if that happens, and if it's another room of like three or four of us. Let me see what I can do. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Oh, that'd be so sweet. Man, I think people would really dig that shit. Yeah. I really do. That's one of the few lost stories to be told about how movies and entertainment are made. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to me, just just what I've come to appreciate in the last year and a half of knowing Jeremy and talking to him on the podcast and sort of being able to watch that season of Game of Thrones <laughs> after he had secretly shown me a couple of storyboards and seeing it all come together... Uh, so I have a greater appreciation for the part they play, and uh, I think people would dig a documentary like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so too. It's, it's just got there's just that's just an angle we've never been able to see mm-hmm. before, and everything. So yeah, give us a call when that happens. Yeah. We'll we'll I'm, come out there. I'm for it. I'll do it. <laughs> All right, sweetness. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this mini pod. Mini pod of Deadpool mini-pod. two, which I don't even know if I said that at the at the top. Yeah, did I? Mm-hmm. You did. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, that'll do it for this. But uh, go to uh, Sincast presented by Cinema Sins. Keep going to SoundCloud. Keep going to Reddit. And uh, Jeremy, where can people find you? Uh, I am on Twitter at Jeremy Simser. 
Yeah. Uh, I am also on Instagram at Jeremy Simser. Nice. Boom. Uh, and Easy. My, we- my website is jeremysimser.com. I like to keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Good job. It's good to have a name that nobody else has. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I think I am the only one in the entire world. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So uh, anyway, that'll do it for this mini pod. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott, Barrett Share, and Jeremy Simser. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube. Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. The dented beetle is what I meant to say. Oh, but you said beagle? I said beagle. That's awesome. But the dented beetle from Truman Show. Ah, uh, I haven't seen that. In where like, he's too long. where he's in the car with Laura Lenny, and he's like, uh, he's like, he's like, I predict within the next two minutes, a something this car, a guy walking oh, yeah. by, and a dented beetle will come yeah. by, and like that's exactly what happens, and and the dented beetle doesn't show up for a while, and he's like, and and Laura Lenny's like, <laughs> and uh, and then and then and then the beetle comes, ah, there it is, there's the dented beetle. Ah! <laughs> very jim carrey stuff i need to watch that movie again <laughs> instead i watched game night twice last night mm-hmm. you watched it twice that, last night I saw I that tweet. that's hilarious <clears throat> i did i realized i could buy it did i got tired of waiting for the blu-ray actually i didn't tell twitter this but i got an email from amazon that my blu-ray is late for game night so instead of tuesday it's gonna get here like on the 30th or some shit and so i was like i want to watch it before then so mm-hmm. I just paid for it digitally. Now I own it. Now I own it digitally. Yes. Nice. I can watch it whenever it's I want. It's pwned. It's pwned. <laughs> it's easier for me to pause on the computer with my mouse and write a sin mm-hmm. than me it too. would be to pick up my remote and pause the Blu-ray player. And then mm-hmm. I don't know. We, we all have our different ways of doing things. I bet you like totally, Dicer does it upside totally down or sense. some shit. <laughs> Jonathan does it naked in the bath. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He dictates to his wife. <laughs> Take this down. <laughs> sure. What do you What do you want me to do? Just keep talking for a couple of seconds. Recite a sonnet, please. Mm-hmm. I don't know any. Awesome. <laughs> I cast an arrow into the air. Where it fell, I do not care. Yeah. Something there like once that. Was a girl from Nantucket. There you go. <laughs> it's the closest I know to any. Poetry. Two Two yes. trails diverge in a yellow snow something yes <laughs> okay everybody is reciting stuff except for jeremy simpson <laughs> yes okay. isn't that weird that's weird that is weird you guys know a lot more poetry than i do it's kind of it's i barely barely I know enough poetry game a little <laughs> that was well, I, I actually think i threw like five or six different poems together in yeah that one you did line. i think the poetry i know is mainly from dead poet society and that's it <laughs> <laughs> We're getting more Laurel than we are Yanny. <laughs> By the way, I heard both. Am I, I the only person that, that has heard both? I heard whatever I, one I, you hear when you're deaf and you can't hear high range mm. stuff. I don't even remember. <laughs> Isn't that what the, the deal is, right? It's one is a high frequency yeah. and one is a high something else. Yeah, I haven't really gone into I've it. I've never much. I when all that debate was was on Twitter the first day that it was big, I was like, fuck this. I am not <laughs> getting into this. <laughs> I listened to it once and I went, oh, all right. The only the first time I heard it was on uh Saturday Night Live uh-huh. where they did it. And yeah. uh and uh Colin Jost said something like, um uh 
Mo- a lot of some people hear Laurel while a whole bunch of idiots hear Yanni. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Jesus, it's so weird. I don't know. Did you did you, did you guys see uh, Marley Matlin's tweet about yeah. that the other day? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Oh, what yeah, did she say? Funny. She said, "Don't ask me. I can't hear shit." <laughs> <laughs>